And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's Expository Thursday. Expository Thursday. So we work together to know the letter better into the narrative of the book of Acts. We travel to understand what things the Lord requires us to learn as we apply God's timeless truths in our lives. First, news travels fast. Good news travels very fast. Bad news travels even faster. The Jewish people heard about what happened with Peter, and they were freaking out. Keep in mind, they didn't have the same experience that Peter had and didn't receive any revelations from God. So on the surface, they were like, hey, Peter, you're going to a Gentile's house. What's going on here? These people were still reeling from the power of the Holy Spirit and the whole tongue scenario, and this would just take everything to the next level. Next, you entered a Gentile's home. You ate with them. Wait until they hear that God had poured out his Holy Spirit on the Gentiles in the same fashion as he did for the Jewish people. That was going to twist their theology into multiple pieces. So here's a thought. Is it okay if God still bends our theology? No, wait, I want to say that again and just listen to the question. Is it okay if God still bends our theology? I mean, we're all seasoned in his word, and we pretty much know everything, or at least we act like we know everything. But if God wants to change our thinking, how stuck are we? That's worth examining. And then finally, Peter can only do what he can do. In other words, Peter had to tell them what happened without making it fit into Peter's theological box. So he just shared what happened without trying to justify it. The funny thing is people marveled at God when the guy who had demons shared what Jesus had done for him. So that's how it works. I even told my mom about a few experiences with little to no theology. She was amazed. She knew I was telling her the truth. So it has its own witness. That is how powerful God is. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. Politics, entertainment, and current events. Personal revelations. Spiritual observations. My life's insanities. And oy vey. Let me do that a little differently. Oy vey. So much more. There's just so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us during the show. You guys know that. David at hemustincrease.org. That's David at hemustincrease.org. You can text us during the show, 214-210-8483. I will say a lot of people have more fun texting because you get to kind of put in all your little stuff. That's cool. 214-210-8483. Or you can call us. 
972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. But when you call that number, you must be prepared for the earthquake around you because the truth is you'll be talking to Dynamite D. Hello, lucky person. You got the number right because you are talking to kid a Dynamite. All right, talking to Dynamite D, I've only given out this honor one other time in 10 years. So you're leaping here, just so you can get ready. Ready? Talking to Dynamite D is like eating a corned beef sandwich from the stage delicatessen in New York. I believe you only said that it once. Is, that sounds like is, something you've hidden. It is the, it is the, it is just there is just something there. There's not a lot about New York I like. Let's just be honest. You guys know me. I, My wife and I even walked out of Wicked in the middle of the play because that's how we are. Uh, but a uh, corned beef sandwich from the stage deli. Hello. That sounds really good. <laughs> oh, you have no idea. Mouth-watering p- half pound of corned beef just all melting in your mouth. That's right. How are you feeling now? Hungry? Hungry. Hungry. That's uh, what it's like talking to Dynamite D. Here's the bottom line, folks. Maybe you've got an opinion, a thought, a question, or a comment. It's cool. We want you to be able to share that. Maybe you've got an answer trivia. Maybe you got an answer trivia. You think it's right. You're not sure it's right. First of all, this is not about getting all the trivia answers right. It's cool to get it right. I get that. I'm not, like, foolish in that stuff. But it's more important to learn it and to get it in our system and to let it become a part of our thinking more than anything else. That's our goal. So if you're sure and you just want to get affirmation, great. If you're not sure and you want to just cement it in, that's great, too, on trivia. That's great, too, on prayer requests, on praise reports, anything the Lord's doing in your life that's blessed you, you want to share it, this is your platform to do it. You have that opportunity. Anything you need other people to join you with in faith right here, right now, this is your opportunity. Let's see if you can answer this trivia question. I'm going to ask it in a real unique way. By the way, the answer to this is in Luke 16. What did the rich man in hell want? What did the rich man in hell want? For all those people that think Jesus didn't talk about hell, try reading uh, Luke chapter 16, okay? What did the rich man want? Al has got the pow-pow on that. Very, very nice, Al. Uh, If you think you know the answer, I will let you know. Uh, You can call us, 972-445-0770. You can also text 214-210-8483. As well, you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. I want to thank everybody for praying uh, for us on the uh, IRS scenario. It looks like it's all getting resolved. Praise the Lord. And so we've uh, made—I don't know how. I, I Actually, I do know how. God's grace, and then my wife is—the only person that's more persistent than me is my wife. And if you think, I mean, I'm I'm tenacious, right? So she doesn't get that tenacious until she realizes I'm not doing the, my tenacious thing. And then she's like, <laughs> you know what gets in the way of <laughs> nothing? <laughs> when you get to, <laughs> that's it. That's over. It's over. Okay. So everything's getting worked out. So praise the Lord about that. All right. Somebody is calling in to answer a trivia question. Let's send them on through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Hi, 
it's Deborah. Hi, Deborah. How are you? I'm good. You doing all right? I'm doing great, and I'm doing great. And I love when you call. I just want you to know that I pray for you all the time, and I just—it's just great. You're just one of those people that, when I hear your voice, it's like it just blesses me that you called in. I love it. Oh, my thank you very much. All right. Here you go. This is a pretty, uh, kind of a weird way to ask it, but it's not too bad. What did the rich man in hell want? Well, he actually wanted two different things. First, he wanted a drop of water on the tip of his tongue. And then secondly, he wanted to be able to come back. Right. I'm going to go with your first answer as the first thing, because that's the one we were looking for. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, what I find amazing about this, so you just got to think about this. What did the rich man in hell want? He wanted a drop of water. For all the things that you think money can buy you, when it's said and done, all he wanted was a drop of water. It's like, right. wow. Like, uh, get the priorities straight before it's too late, Right. Yeah, no doubt. All right. Excellent. You are so good. That's so good you had multiple answers. <laughs> hey, I was wondering if you could pray for Susie for me. Sure. She she told me I was allowed to tell by. Okay, fire she's away. She's in rehab. Okay. All right. To get off prescription medication, and she needs all the help she can get, and she asked me, to see if you would pray for her so everybody would pray for her. All right, let's do it. Let's do it right now, okay? Okay. Let's do okay. it. Father, we come before you right now. We worship you. We praise you. We thank you. First, we thank our God. That's just what we do, Lord, because you're awesome. And we lift up Susie to you. That's just a tough situation. I know multiple people that have gone through this. It's hard for them to get into rehab, Lord. Then once they're there, they really have to commit. And we are just and, – and, and Susie's looking for help. And you know what? That help's got to come from you, Lord, because she can't do this on her own. She needs your help. And we are asking you to reach into her heart and mind and to encourage her, to love her, and to give her tenacity to get through and to get better by your grace, Lord. We just pray, 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 and believe you for good things for Susie. And we thank you for Deborah being such a great friend and praying for and caring for. We lift them both up and ask your blessings. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you so much, David. You are more than welcome. Thank you for being such a good friend to her. That's really cool. Okay, she's a good friend to me. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the Lord. That's awesome. Love you guys. Yeah, I've known her since 1984. Oh, my. What? <laughs> yeah. That that long? Wow. Yes. That is a long I time. I was friends with her mother first. What? You know what? Yeah, I got to say this. I only thought you were 30. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm like double that. <laughs> Bless you. You're so great. I love you. Great job, by the way. <laughs> All right. Well, y'all have a good afternoon. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. Isn't she great? She's just great. We love to hear Deborah we, call. We, we have great people. That This is what it is. I know. And you're like, and I understand some people are afraid to call in. It's like, well, I'm not like that. Don't worry about it. The first time Deborah called in, it wasn't probably wasn't that easy either, right? Now it's like. <laughs> it's like it's just great here. All right, so I got so much to cover, but I can't. I I, I, I don't know if I can 
I got to teach this a little bit first. It just It's just one of these things that's inside me that I, I have to do. And so we're in Acts chapter 11, verse 1. And I just want to point this out so you can find out where we're heading in this. This is Acts chapter 11, verse 1. It says, Soon the news reached the apostles and the other believers in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. But when Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, some of the Jewish believers criticized him. You entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. So I want to stop right there and just I, I, I want to point this out to you. So news travels. News, good news travels fast, bad news travels faster. Okay, I'm just being honest, right? Like if, if it bleeds, it leads. That's how the news is. That's what they do. And so Peter comes back, uh, and they want to know uh, what happened. And you're thinking, well, why does he have to tell them? And I'm going to tell you why, and it's going to be very challenging when you hear this. It's challenging for me to teach it, but that's why I'm doing it. The reason that Peter needed to give a report on the situation is because Peter, like you, like me, like D, like everybody, we all need some sense of accountability. And that's just the truth. You can't be a Christian all by yourself with no contact with anybody else and fulfill the things the Lord has set before you, which is two of three of the commandments is to love your neighbor, to love one another. It's impossible to do that if you're just by yourself and you don't have anybody else to deal with. Plus, it's really difficult to grow up in maturity in relationships when you don't have any relationships with anybody. So Peter was in that situation. I'm, I'm trying to be super nice about this, but for a sense of accountability. I'm not telling you you have to go to anything specific, but you got to have some form of Christian fellowship or Christian contact so that people can pray for you, and then when you're struggling, they can know and they can you know help you with that and be a part of that. And I know the reason people don't want to do it is because a lot of people are bad people and they're not very helpful, and I get it, and I've been through the pain. I've been through the pain of a bad church going through the whole process. It's not enough of a reason to be disobedient to God. That's the truth. And so you have to have fellowship in some capacity. Now, does it have to be the way that everybody says it? Does nah, I don't see that in Scripture. But what I do see is you have to be in fellowship. You have to be in some kind of collective gathering with the brotherhood, with the sisterhood, with the family of God. That is required. So Peter, even, even Peter had to come back and say, well, this is what happened. Just think about that. I mean, he's the lead apostle, right? About to be reduced from that, but he's the lead guy. Got to tell him what happened. That's important to be able to share. Okay? All right. We will take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill. Can't stand the show. What is the David Spoon Experience? Anyway, that's not even the story. Let me tell you the story. Because it's so big, I cut the first third yesterday. And uh, that's the front of the house. And the back two-thirds I'll do today, tomorrow, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, whatever that is. But it looks really good. All right? That's, so that's cool. Anyhow, there's uh, – so I'm cleaning it all up, and I've got the little electric weed eater and the little blower. <laughs> They're working. It works great. Everything's working great. And I have a stick. Now, this stick – was there when we moved into the house and it was a stick that went with a broken rake and I don't know why uh, my wife and I have kept it in the garage for like 17 months 
But I thought, this is ridiculous. I got to get rid of this stick. So I looked at the stick and I thought, I could high karate this because it wouldn't fit in the trash can. All right? A little too long. You put it in the trash can, even on an angle, the trash can's sitting up about four inches, and you know it was windy yesterday. So if I did that, it'd catch the wind, and you know. So I thought, nah, I can high karate this. I'm strong enough. And then I thought, this is the kind of thing where pride really gets in the way. I got to be careful. So I did what any other guy would do. I took my two trash cans. I put the stick in between the two trash cans. I took a saw, and I cut the saw half. I used the saw and cut the stick halfway through. So now I'm going to high karate this bad boy and feel good about it. Yeah, no pride here, right? How long do I got? Like a minute, two minutes? Perfect, two minutes. Watch this. So I cut it perfectly in half. I get my arm, my forearm, my elbow, and I go, yeah, and I high karate that bad boy. One part of the two-part sticks, okay, which is like kind of like a broom handle, hits the top of the trash can where it was sitting, kind of bounced on it, came up, and hit me right in the forehead. Bam! <laughs> I was really feeling pride right up until it hit me in the head. And then I realized, one, I couldn't have done it without the saw. And two, even with the saw, apparently I couldn't have done it. <laughs> because the stick hit me back. I don't think that was very nice of it. And I will say it did end up in the trash and it went bye-bye. Oh, welcome back. To the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here's your trivia question. Who wrote the book of Hezekiah? There you go. That's your question. See if you know. 972 you can also text in 214-210-8483. Also, you can send an email, david, at hemustincrease.org. Okay? Okay. Okay? Okay. Pretty simple, pretty straightforward. I have a joke. It's okay. I'm going to give uh, um, D the chance to, you know, it's a little longer. It's not one of the one-liners. The Christmas ones were great. I I kept telling the one about the snowman and the carrots to Noel last night. I told her like five times. What did one snowman say to the other? Smell like carrots to you? <laughs> I'm sorry. I find that funny. See, that's the problem. Uh, okay, so I'll ask that question again because I went by a whole bunch of people. We'll ask it again. Uh, your question, uh, who, uh, who wrote the book of Hezekiah? Who wrote that book? All right, here we go. You ready for uh, 972-445-0770, or David at hemustincrease.org. You ready for the jokes? Are we set? All right, here we go. Mommy, we want a hamster, the child willed, or the children willed. You can't have a hamster. You won't take care of it. It will end up being my responsibility, Mom replied. We'll take care of it, they protested. We promise. So Mom relented. She bought them a hamster. And they named it Danny. 
Two months later, though, when Mom found herself responsible for cleaning cleaning and feeding the creature, she located a prospective new home for Danny the hamster. When she told the children the news of Danny's imminent departure, they took the news quite well, which somewhat surprised her. One of the children remarked, he's been around here a long time and we'll miss him. Mom agreed, saying, yes, but he's too much work for one person, and since I'm that one person, I say he goes. The other child offered, well, maybe if he wouldn't eat so much, it wouldn't be so messy, we could keep him. But Mom was firm. It's time to take Danny to his new home, she insisted. Go and get his cage. In tearful outrage, the children shouted, Danny? We thought you said Daddy! That was pretty good right there. That's actually not that bad. Danny, we thought you said... He does make a mess, doesn't he? Come on, that's good. All right, people. Only Joanne and Cordelia have picked up on this, so we're going to try it one more time. I cannot believe we're not having more of a response to this. Let me just say that. Who wrote the book of Hezekiah? Nine seven two four four five zero seven seven zero. That's the number to call. Two one four two one zero eight four eight three. That's the text. David at he must increase dot org. That is the email. We're gonna probably do something a little different on what on tomorrow on the show. And keep in mind next week. So the schedule. I just want to remind you about the schedule. So Wednesday and Thursday we are being preempted. Okay, and we are in support of that because Don has had a great relationship with the colleges around here, and so we we really, really want them to be, uh, you know, support them. We don't know what's happening on Friday. So right now the schedule for next week is Monday, Tuesday live. So tomorrow's live. That's Friday. Then Monday, Tuesday live. Then Wednesday, Thursday preempted. Friday may be preempted. And then the following Monday is Christmas. Right? Is that? I think that's right. I think that's kind of right. Yeah, right? I think that's correct. All right. Just making sure you guys all know what's going on. All right. Let's uh, get back to the text, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm just going to – you're going to fully understand when I tell you this part right here on Acts chapter 11. Remember we were just talking about Peter having accountability? Now watch this second part, okay? Have you ever, have you ever had uh, uh, one of those uh, uh, stretch'em dolls? Like those uh, He-Man stretch them kind of things? Okay. Soon the news reached the apostles and the other believers uh, in Judea that the Gentiles had received the word of God. When Peter arrived back in Jerusalem, some of the Jewish believers criticized him. You've entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they asked. Then Peter told them exactly what had happened. All right, now I want you to stop. What you need to understand about this text and what people don't understand about this is they just read it and move on because they're not thinking about the context of what's going on. These people, these people that we're engaging with have not had the experience Peter had. They're being told that what was their former enemy is now a part of the kingdom and their minds are being stretched to the maximum. So if you ever had a kid or if you've ever had or if your grandkids have ever had Stretch Armstrong, this is what we're talking about. God is stretching 
the early church and what happens when we are being stretched by God. Okay, what happens? There's an awkwardness. There's a tension. It's growing pains. And for the Jewish brethren who were in the early church, hearing that the Holy Spirit had been, you know, comes on the, or the word of God had fallen on the disciples and that they were, Peter was engaging with them, was pushing and stretching. But this is one of the things that I want to say. And this is one of the things that we brought up in the very beginning of our introduction. And that is, are we okay if God still bends our theology? And that's why that's important is simply this. If you have listened to the show for any length of time, you have by now heard my eschatology. I am a very, very big fan of all the eschatologies. <laughs> it's like, you can't do that. Yes, I can. I can do whatever I want. I don't have to listen to anybody telling me what I can and cannot do. And I love all of them because they all have these great points and they all bring up these great things. And I have learned in my system to uh, – what's the word? I think it's homogenize where you take it and you make them all like harmonize together. Whatever. I've just learned to say they're fantastic. I love it. Who cares? I don't care how it's going to break down to the specifics. I care that he's coming. And I don't care if it's this guy's right or this gal's right or this person's right. I don't care about that. I care that he's coming again, and I enjoy the depth of it. And if you've heard this show, you've probably been challenged to say to you, expand. You don't have to lose your theology to listen to somebody else say something that's kind of cool. Now, we're not talking about the way into salvation. The way into salvation is Jesus Christ alone, period. There's one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. He said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. One way in. But once you're a Christian, you don't have to go, I must commit to this or I must commit. That's All of that stuff is rubbish. And I'm telling you, when they start shooting Christians, and they will, if the rapture takes place before and we don't have a problem, awesome. Okay, cool. But if it's d delayed in our own time frame of understanding and Christians are getting wiped out, nobody's going to turn to the other Christian and say, well, he baptizes different than I do, so shoot that guy. He thinks that the seven uh, the, the seven trumpets are this, and I think they're this. It's like none of that's happening. This is about standing together. And what the world is doing that the church hasn't seen is trying to split the church. No, it's not going to happen because our unity is in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But they're trying to split the church into divisions and into camps just to—, to alleviate the power of the church. Don't you fall for that. That brother or sister who might see something different about the end times is your brother and sister whom Christ died for. You be careful. That's your relative in the Lord, blood relative, the blood of Jesus Christ with the same heavenly Father. Be aware. Your extension of love is required by God. Right? That's really important. You understand? So what I'm trying to say in this text is these guys are being stretched. Don't be so stiff you can't be stretched. If God wants to change my theology, I think he should have that, not just that ability. I think I should not be so prideful as to make that a problem. 
That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Who wrote the book of Hezekiah? You ready? You ready for the answer? Nobody. There is no book of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a king in Israel. Ah! That's why people didn't answer. You got me on that today. Uh, I was really thinking. I was like, I think one of the prophets. <laughs> All right, we'll take your break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Or in Proverbs, where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? I did what most Christian men would do when they make a mistake. It's their fault. There's nothing but humiliation on your face, and you're trying to recover in the moment. And you know what I did? I blamed it on every possible unseen force except for myself. You have chosen wisely. (laughs) So guess who knocked that uh, crystal light on that white carpet? It was Satan, by golly. Well, it was at that moment because it certainly wasn't my fault. I didn't knock the, the crystal light all over. It was my glass. I did pour it. I did bring it to the table. And somehow fell on the the carpet and spread everywhere. And by golly, I wasn't going to take the blame for it because that would be taking personal responsibility. Well, I'm not taking personal responsibility. After all, that $500 deposit we just had that we were hoping to get back when we move out is uh, already down to 200. (laughs) And it was dropping by the dollar as the stuff was spreading. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I just don't know how this hour went by that fast. It's just like, it's just like Well, the first 30 minutes of the show went by fast. Yeah, but it's just like, you know, it's like, what, what, you know? It's like, it's like being the Flash. Okay. All right, trivia question. you got to do the trivia question. Here's the third trivia question. Oh, oh, here we go. This is a good one. 
Jesus told his disciples in the book of Acts that they would be witnesses in three specific locations. One was more general, but three specific locations. In in the book of Acts, chapter 1, what are those locations? He said they'd be witnesses. Three specific locations. What are those locations? Okay, there you go. Uh, 972-445-0770. As well, you can text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So now there's three specific areas and then one generic area. So we're looking for the three specifics. Anybody who gets relatively close is going to get, you know, you get the credit for stuff like that. It's not like it's hard to get the credit for it because give you credit but that's not the point all right so in the meantime um i'll give you the phone number and then we're gonna also send you up to the website uh if you know the answer the question is and even if you don't you want to guess that's fine too uh jesus told the disciples in the book of acts that they should be witnesses in three specific locations what were those locations uh this is acts chapter one and that within the first 10 verses of the chapter uh, you can call 972-445-0770, text 214-210-8483, or send an email, david, at hemusincrease.org, sending you up to the website. That is a place to give. Please seriously consider giving. We could use it, and I'm just asking you to check it out, hemusincrease.org. Prayer request? Hemusincrease.org. Praise report? Hemosincrease.org. Looking to give to this ministry? Hemosincrease.org. Confused by what's happening right now? Hemostincrease.org. Hemostincrease.org. That was it again? That was another shorty. What is going on with that? All right, I'm going to say that is the sound of a Twinkie being dropped from the Empire State Building. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm speaking I can't say nothing, so that's exactly what that is. That's a good one. That's right. We have to come up with these on the spot, people. On the spot. And now when I was just looking at Dave, frozen face. He was looking at me like, what am I supposed to do with that? I don't know. You got to figure it out. All right. In the meantime, uh, so the trivia question, Jesus told his disciples in the book of Acts, they would be witnesses in three specific locations. What are those locations? If you think you know, 972-445-0770. Also, 214-210-8483 or david at hemustincrease.org. So let's go ahead and do our history in the meantime. Uh, let's go All right, today, a couple of cool things, I think. Uh, Today is Bill of Rights Day, observed December 15th. Bill of Rights is the collective name of the first 10 amendments to the United States Constitution. For those who are in history, you should enjoy that. Today is National Lemon Cupcake Day. You like it? I love lemon cupcake. I love, I I, I do. I mean, I'm just a, a fan. I even like Noel just doesn't like lemon meringue pie. I like. I, I was like, going to ask that. You like, I, yeah, yeah. Me too. It's an acquired like, taste, though. To be a- fair, anything. Just like okay, where should we? Today is Cat Herders Day. What is that? <laughs> that means you uh, wrangle up all the cats and uh, you go uh, take them on a journey and uh, from one place to another, from one farm to. It's uh, it's not real. It's not okay. real. It's like. <laughs> 
cats. See, herding cats. You can't herd cats. They, That's why I was like, what is that? Put, put them all together, and they, they look at you, and they go, leave me alone. <laughs> That's why people like cats, because they have that attitude thing. Dogs are like, okay, what, what are we going to do? Sure. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh... Let's see. Oh, this is not really the best uh, thing in the world, but uh, uh, 1863 on this day, the first U.S. armed bank robbery. A man walks into a bank in Middlesex County, Massachusetts, shoots a 17-year-old bookkeeper, steals $5,000, and, and the directors of the bank offered a $6,000 reward to for the arrest of this guy. Isn't that like, so weird? Did they find him? I don't know. Interesting. That's a good question. I don't know. 1891, James Naismith introduced the first version of the sport basketball. The second version was when they cut the, the bottom out of the little peach. You had little peach uh, uh, baskets. And they, oh, wow. They didn't actually, in the beginning, they just left it up. Left the ball up the there. Best. Then they cut it out so it would fall out. Probably made the game go a little faster. Just a little. Get the ladder. Anyway, and then. Uh, 1979 Trivia Pursuit, uh, invented by Canadians Chris Haney and Scott Abbott. Over 15 million Trivia Pursuit games were sold in 1984 alone. Wow. Wow. That is a lot. All right. If we ever get into more information on cat herding, uh, Aunt Deb is the one. She's the cat herder expert. Some people don't play about their cats, but I take it you're a dog person, right, Dave? Uh, I am a dog person, uh, but I like, I like cats. <laughs> just leave it there. Just, okay, moving on. I like Felix. He was a cat. That's funny. <laughs> okay, moving on. Uh, Jesus told his disciples in the book of Acts that they would be witnesses in three specific locations. What are they? Uh, for those of you out there going, it should be more serious teaching and so on and so forth. It's almost Christmas time. Relax. Take a deep breath. All the stuff around you ain't that important. All we want to hear is duh, 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 and be done. That's what you should be wanting anyway. Uh, reach out to us, 972-445-0770, text 214-210-8483. Let's get into the text, and then we'll uh, take care of the rest of it. So uh, the disciple, uh, Peter, uh, as an apostle, preached to Cornelius. He comes back. He gives an account. They're saying to him, you know, hey, you entered the home of Gentiles and even ate with them, they said. Then Peter told them exactly what happened. So Peter doesn't make an excuse. You know what he does? He tells them what happened. One day in Yappa, he said, while I was praying, I went into a trance and saw a vision. Something like a large sheet was let down by its four corners from the sky, and it came right down to me. When I looked inside the sheet, I saw all sorts of small animals and wild animals and reptiles and birds that were not allowed to, to be eaten. Then I heard a voice saying, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Instead of trying to justify his position, and I think this is really important, instead of you trying to justify everything that has happened in your life, instead of you trying to theologically put it in a box where other Christians can accept it, here's a brilliant idea for Christians to live in. Ready? That's absolutely a brilliant idea. Absolutely. Ready? Just tell people what happened. Stop. Don't tell people, well, i got to tell them in such a way so as they can, you know, process. After we take this caller, I'm going to tell you what happened with my mom, who, uh, you know, her entire life, Jewish, very committed uh, to Judaism, what happened when I talked to her. And you will see sometimes you just tell what happens, and it changes things. Instead of trying to couch it, 
to see what happened and watch what God does. In the meantime, let's have our caller come through. Knock, knock. This is David. Who am I talking to? Brother Roger again. Hi, Brother Roger again. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. I'm doing, I mean, I'm on the roller coaster right now. Which part are you on, the down or the up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the dip. Okay, you're in the dip part, right? That means you got to go yeah, up. Got to go up from here, right? Yeah, go go up from there. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> exactly right, brother. Can we can we be praying for you? You know, we love to pray for people. So, is there something we can pray yeah, for you? Well, no, uh, we'll get to that. I'm going to try the the trivia first. Okay, let's do that first. Here we go. Jesus told his disciples in the Book of Acts that they would be witnesses in three specific locations. What were they? Is it Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth? Okay. Give me the first one, though. What's the first city they were in? Huh? What's the first city they were in? What city were they in at the time? What city were they in at the time? Right. What What city <laughs> What city were they in? So Judea? Samaria. Okay. Now, back up. What's before Judea and Samaria? You're so close. So you're right there. and You've got it. So trust me, you're um, going to get it. What's a very important city in Israel right now? A hugely important. Jerusalem. Jerusalem. There you go! That's it. <laughs> so, Jer- I knew you'd get me there. Yeah, so Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. I knew you'd get me there. And the other most parts of the earth. So that it's really funny because it's like the closest. Jerusalem is home. Judea right. is the next city. Samaria is the next area. And then to the uttermost yeah. parts of the earth. And that's what the Lord said to do okay. in regards to sharing. So you were right there. I knew you knew that. Right. You just had to have a little coaching to get there. So you, you liked my when I text about my answer about theology. Yes, I love you. I get People don't know that people text all the time throughout the show. And it's just like right. it's great because people don't know the secondary, the secondary conversations that seem to go on. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you an Amensky yeah. if I remember right. That's one of my favorite lines. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and you're right. Not, exactly not all count. Not all it people. A, it, you know, go ahead. And sometimes you get real close to my because uh, uh, when you talk about the. Theologies and stuff like that. See, I, I come from Calvinist people, but my Calvinist people that I lived with and came from—that's all they talk. They didn't talk about the predestination, and they didn't talk about their theology of uh, once saved, always saved, and all that stuff. They talked about living for Jesus. Serving Jesus, confessing Jesus, and I do my my do believe my people thought that you could lose it. So I mean, I, I'm not sure about that, you know. But it doesn't really matter what if you have too much theology. You better get back on the neology. That is exactly <laughs> right. You better get back on neology. That's exactly neology. That's a great way to yeah. say it. That's so good, but, Roger. That's such a great way to say it. It is really. Yeah. And you're right. You're but right. I, Not I everybody. Mean, they don't. Just, most people don't even know what the church is. Uh, like you, uh, I hung around with Methodist, Baptist, and I've heard so many stories about this and that. 
Don't ever follow after a man. Amen. Follow after Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. That's who you follow after. And you follow him through the word of God and the word of God only. You you got a great heart for the Lord. You know how much we love you in that. What can I pray for you on? Can I pray for you? I have a some, uh, I don't know how to put it, low immune system. Okay. So you need, you need some health? I can't describe it only other than that. So you need health? Yes. All right, let's pray. Let's yes. pray. Let's do it. Father, we come yes. before you right now. We lift up our brother Roger again because we know that's his name for radio. And we love it, Lord. We love it because he's a brother. And we just love our brothers and sisters, and we just thank you for yes. him. We thank you, Lord, for brothers like this who are a blessing to us, who are a strength to us. And we ask you to touch his physical body, touch him on the inside, heal him, heal his immune system, heal him from top to bottom, let him find vitality and refreshment, and let him know it's from the hand of God that he's been revived. We ask you to bless him. We thank you for him in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And uh, I really think that someday you ought to uh, interview your co-host there. Yeah. And do his uh, do a little do a little discussion with him. You good? It's a good idea. It's a good idea. That's a great idea. All right, brother. Excellent, excellent job. Very, very good in text and great call. (laughs) Don't do my background track. All right. All right. God bless you, David. You too. And I'm praying for you, your audience, and your uh, sidekick there. Yeah, I appreciate it. Dynamite that. D is what you Dynamite D. That's what you call him. Exactly right. All right. Thank you, brother. All right. God bless you all. You have a great show. You keep it up. Keep on keeping on. Thank you. I will. And I think I'll move out of that dip. All right. <laughs> Just by calling. All right. <laughs> God bless you. God bless you. Bye-bye. All right. Great call. Fantastic. We got just great people. That's just all it is. All right. So I don't know. Can we skip that last uh, exit and just can we skip the whole thing? Can you delete that whole thing? So it's not a problem. All right. Because I want to finish on this teaching. All right. So that was a great call. You did a great job. And that answer, by the way, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and then to the uttermost parts of the earth. You should understand that Jerusalem's home base, Judea's next, Samaria's next, and the uttermost parts of the earth means it keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. So now I want to go back to this one thing, which I think is. I don't want to say it's essential. Okay, yeah, I want to say it's essential. That is this. So many of us, when we are promoting or communicating things that God has done, we become a little bit afraid of saying what happened. Okay, I'm not, I'm not saying this is true uh, for everybody, but there are some people when you share something that God has done in your life, you couch it. You, 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 you kind of put it in, uh, well, i got to make it palatable for the other person to hear for the other people to to understand. And I understand that and have done that a thousand times. So don't don't misunderstand what I'm going to say. But some of the most powerful moments in my own Christian walk are when I don't do that and when I just tell it the way it is. And I want to tell you 
what happened between my mom and me, okay? So you might find some of this fascinating. I hope you do. Um, My mom uh, was uh, not a believer and uh, rarely uh, would be a believer. And, you know, she grew up in a Jewish home. She she didn't want to have any, uh, you know, she didn't want to have a disloyalty to the faith that she was a part of. And we were talking one day as we were flying on an airplane going somewhere together. And she said, she goes, I don't understand you know how you can believe it that that Jesus is the Messiah. Like I don't understand how you can believe that. And I said, you know, I I said I could tell you all these great theological things, Mom. I said, but let me tell you something that happened to me. And she goes, all right, go ahead. And this is my mom, right? So when you're talking to your mom, you kind of know, you know, like when you're sharing with her, she kind of knows you, you know her kind of thing. So I told her about the first deliverance. Uh, process I went through when uh, me and a couple other people who were fasting and praying uh, were involved in casting out a spirit. And I, and I didn't hold anything back. I just told her exactly what happened. I said, Ma, I said, I said we were praying, we were reading Scripture. Uh, uh, we said, in the name of Jesus Christ, we command you to come out. The spirit screeched. The person's body urt and arched. The spirit came out. The person was completely well, completely changed life. And she just sat there. She was just like, like, what? Right? Like, what? And she knew I wasn't lying. So just tell him what happened, right? And I know that we want to make it sound a certain way. But in Peter's case, he gives us a great example. Peter tells them what happened. Even Peter was uncomfortable with the experience. You understand that, right? Peter's the one who's saying, look, I had a trance. I had a vision. The the four corners of uh, the sheet was let down from the four corners of the sky. I saw these animals, small, these wild animals. This voice said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And I said, no, no, never. And the voice said, if God says something is acceptable, don't say it isn't. That's the text. Acts chapter 11, verse 9. But the voice from heaven came again, if God says something is acceptable, don't say it isn't. Who's in charge? God's in charge. And Peter, listen to what he did. He fully relies on his experience because God was the author of that experience. And he just told the other brothers, this is what happened. And he goes, he tells them it happened three times. We'll get into that uh, next week. But my point in telling you this is he didn't try and change the story. He didn't try and make the story something it wasn't. And when you're witnessing or sharing with people, don't hide it. You don't have to be ashamed of the powerful things that God has done in your life. Are you are you afraid to, to communicate? Don't be afraid to communicate. Tell exactly what happened. If God is the author, let him be the author. You know, he was responding by citing God. And so you have, what, I want, what I'm trying to communicate, the biggest thing I'm trying to teach you, I'm, I'm really trying, is to communicate to you what the Lord does, share that. 
Don't put an intro in front of it that's not real. Don't put an exit that's, uh, you know, I don't know about other people. You know, just tell what the Lord did. The guy who had demons in him had Jesus cast out those demons. And Jesus says, go tell them what I've done. And the guy went and told them. The scripture says what God had done for him, of course, acknowledging the deity of Christ. But all he did was say, this guy, Jesus, set me free. So I told my mom. We cast out a spirit in the name of Jesus. We didn't do it. It wasn't us. No spirit's going to listen to me. I can't even get my kids to listen to me, let alone a dog. What are you talking about? So here's what, what I'm trying to communicate. This is what's so important. Just be yourself. When you're sharing, when you're witnessing, when you're ministering to people, or when you're talking to people, or when you're communicating, don't don't make it something. Just be yourself. Just tell them what happened. You don't have to sound better. You don't have to sound worse. Here's the weirdest part about it. In a sense, just bear with what I'm going to say. So, Dia, can you hear me on this one? In a sense, it's not your testimony. It's all God's testimony. And what if the very person you're trying to reach needs to hear it just the way it happened? So when I tell my son something that happened, in the beginning I was kind of careful how I would tell him, and now I'm not. You want to know why? Because he needs to hear it just like anybody else. Not that he needs it for salvation, but he needs to hear it for his own faith, for his own strengthening, for his own empowerment. And I tell him, I prayed this, this happened. I prayed this, this happened. This is what happened. I can't make it up. I don't even know how to make stuff up at that great level. Just tell him what God did. It's much better. And so what if you sound like a lunatic? <laughs> This would be the nicest thing to say. So what if you sound like a nut? Who cares? You know it happened. You know it's real. You know when the Lord answered your prayer and you knew it. You know when God said, I love you. You know when you were really down and the Lord, his presence just swept upon you. and You didn't want to say anything to anybody because you want to be a weirdo. But that's the grace of God. And people are looking for a touch from God. I almost, almost wonder if we, if we dilute the testimony by trying to make it sound good. Do you know what I mean? It's like, do we dilute it because we want it to sound professional? Sometimes raw is better, right? Sometimes just telling them what God did. The reason I'm making this a plea and I'm making this as big a deal as I am is just read Acts chapter 11. Go through the first nine verses. You will see Peter just says, this is what God did. By the way, his communication of this does change the, the, the direction of the church. The projectory of the church changes because he just tells them this is what the lord did they were amazed they were out it was outstanding when i told my mom that i was involved in a deliverance she knew i wasn't lying i didn't have to convince her i wasn't lying she knew what i was saying and it was from that time on that her and i had a little bit of a different spiritual relationship don't tell me it doesn't work of course it does. It's the power of God. It's the, it's the presence of God. It's the work of God. 
just tell people. The Lord will back it up. Isn't that the best part about when you look at, at uh, Mark chapter 16, it's like they're out there preaching the word. The Bible says that the Lord worked with them, confirming the word with signs and wonders. It's like, let God be your backup. Let God be your, what is that called, wingman? <laughs> let, God be, let God be the guy that does it. He'll take care of it. He doesn't have any problem. It's his word that he's fulfilling, not yours. Just be yourself. Witness, tell the truth, express what God has done. You don't have to say it wise. You never have to speak wisely. Because the power comes from the Holy Spirit who touches people through it, not through the way or the wisdom by which we speak. It's all by the power of God. <laughs> Thank goodness. Because if it was by our power, we'd be in a lot of trouble, right? Praise the Lord for the goodness that he's rained upon you and the grace that he's poured into you and tell people, this is what happened to me. That will make all the difference. Just tell it the way it is, okay? All right. All right, folks, you have been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. We'll talk to you then. The views expressed in the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.